0: 21st Precinct, Sergeant Klein. What's the matter with him? How do you know he's dead? From what? Where is it? You're in the muster room at the 21st Precinct. The nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. All right. You just wait there for the officers. No, right there. I'm sending him now. You just wait there and show them where he is. All right, thank you. 21st Precinct. It's just lines on a map of the city of New York. Most of the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River wouldn't know if you asked them that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men. Of the 21st Precinct. The 21st. 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and four lieutenants, of whom I'm the boss. My name is Kennelly. Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. tour. After I turned out the platoon for the night tour, I read the entries on the alert record and blotter for an event-by-event picture of what had occurred in the precinct since I was last on duty. A little after 6, sector car number 3 came by the house for me, and I went on patrol of the precinct. When I returned to the station house, Lieutenant Gorman, the desk officer, told me things were quiet. I walked around the corner to a spaghetti house for my meal, which I finished at 8.40. Oh, hello, Captain. John, how are you? I didn't know you were in. If I did, I would have come over to the table. Hello. Oh, I was sitting in the back. Uh, 125, 14, cents Out of two? Oh, I'll have a pack of spearmens. Well, that's one thirty-four. You've been seeing many ball games, Captain? No, not this yeah. year. 5, 40, 50, and 2. Me neither. Yeah. You know, I couldn't whip up any enthusiasm this season. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan from way back. But 8, 10, 12, 14 games out in front, of you, how can you get excited? Just the point where they're the whole league. Yeah, it's got to be close to be interesting. But at least the series might be interesting. Who do you pick? Well, at least the Brooks will take them. You do? They never had yet. Well, that's some ball club. yeah, they look like a ball club in their league, but wait till they get up against some competition. Well? Yeah, wait, I'll walk out with you. I want to get a paper. Well, yeah, keep your eye on the front, huh? I just want to take a look at the box scores. They please the pennant, you know, but there's no harm in checking on the batting averages. Yeah. You going to see any of the series games, Captain? Uh, it's a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, that 10 bucks a reserve speed routine. That's a little rich for anybody's blood here. Yeah. Look at that, fellow! He's turning the fire alarm. Hey, you! All up there! Wait a minute! You! Wait a minute! I'm not going any place. Where's the fire? There isn't any fire. What'd you pull the hook for? Because I guess wanted it. Where's well, the fire, Captain? There isn't any fire. I'm a police officer. What's your name? Ryder. Hal brave! Don't you know it's a criminal offense to turn in a false alarm? I know it's a criminal offense. Captain, you want me to run around the station house? Do you yeah. want to get some help? He doesn't need any help. No, John. They'll be here. Don't worry about it. Why'd you pull the hook? Come on, look at me. Talk to me. Why'd you pull the hook? Because I want to go to jail, that's why. I want to go to jail. You will, mister. You can count on it. The essential factors in fighting a fire are the promptness of discovery and the speed at which firemen arrive on the scene. But speed has its hazards. As many or more firemen are killed and injured in accidents occurring while responding to alarms, as in the course of fires themselves. During the last calendar year, there were thirteen thousand nine hundred and eighty-one false alarms in the city of New York, and to each of these, no less than four pieces of fire department apparatus and two police cars responded. In this case, the offender, Hal Bryder, made no excuses, nor would he offer any reason for his act. He was questioned for some minutes on the street by myself, by other police officers on the scene, and by the fire captain in command of the apparatus which responded. After the fire apparatus left, he was taken around the corner to the precinct house, where, as arresting officer, I booked him in. How do you spell that? C-R-I-D-R. In Any middle initial? E, Hallie Brighter. How old are you? 21. Where do you live? I live at 734 East 81st. What apartment oh, number? Eight, 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 2B. Five, five. Bond is $500. Can be posted right, with me. What do you mean, Bond? Bail. If you can get somebody to post $500 bail, you don't have to appear until he comes up in court. Otherwise, he'll have to hold you. I want to be held. I don't want any bail. Now well, look, son, this isn't doing you any good. You must have had a reason for pulling that hook. No, no. tell us about it. I don't want to talk about it. Just lock me up. No. Well, that will come soon enough. How many other false alarms did you turn in? None. This is the only one. What was it? Just an impulse? No, it wasn't an impulse. I thought about it. I thought about it a long time. Yeah. Look, that's my office across there. Go in there and sit down. I'll be in in a minute. Why? I want to talk to you. That's why. Well, I've got nothing to say. I just want to be locked up. Go in there and sit down. Yes, And I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to anybody. That's an odd one, Captain. Yeah, sure is. Do you want to take this pinch yourself, Captain? You'll have to go to court in the morning. Oh, no, that's all right. What's the matter with that guy, Captain? Maybe he likes to hear sirens. I give him a boot. Do you see his eyes? Looks like a user to me. He did a tap, didn't he? I know he's a user. Okay. I wanted him to tell me. What's his idea? What could he get by turning in a false alarm? What kid he get besides a little time on Riker's Island? I'll be in my office, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. All right, Hal. I want you to tell me what your trouble is. I've got no trouble, haven't you? Stand up. Why? I said stand up. Yes, sir. Take your coat off. Why? Is that the only thing you know? Why? Take it off. Yes, sir. Put Please. it on that chair there. Roll up your sleeves. What are you trying to find out that you don't already know? Let me see your arm. How long have you been on the habit, Hal? Long enough. All right. Sit down. Why'd you pull the hook on that firebox? A long story. You wouldn't be interested. Well, who said I wouldn't? Well, I'm not interested. Look, you lock me up. I don't feel like talking to anybody. I'm beginning to feel lousy. I feel terrible. Are you married? No, I'm not married. You live on the 81st Street there all by yourself? Yes, all by myself. You have any family? This has got to do with my family. Where are they? I don't have any family. When did you shoot up last? What difference does it make? When? Yesterday, yesterday morning, not since then. Who's your connection, Hal? I've got no connection. Well, you must have been getting it someplace. Where? I don't know. I don't know anything. If you don't know anything, Hal, we'll teach you a lot around here. Who are you calling? 21st Precinct, Sergeant Klein. Sergeant, lay upstairs to the detective squad and see if we can locate Lieutenant King. Yes. And ask him to come into my office for a minute, will you? Yes, Captain. What do you need him for? You're a narcotics user, Hal. It's his job to find out who sold it to you. Why'd you pull that fire alarm? I don't think you'd understand. Maybe I would. Why don't you try me? I told you, it was a long story. It's cold in here, you know that? It's awfully cold in here. Now I'm beginning to feel terrible, really terrible. I'm sick. Put your coat on. Yeah, thanks. That ought to help. You work, Hal? You got a job? Yes, I did, Hal. It did happen till the day before yesterday. What happened? I got fired. Why? Why do you think? How'd you get the habit? You should have known better than that. You look like an intelligent boy. Yeah, I'm very intelligent. Top ten in my class. a big deal. How'd you get hooked? Well, it was this girl. What's her name? It doesn't have anything to do with it. I thought I could kick the habit anytime, anytime. First, it was just once in a while, and maybe two or three times a week, and then it got to be a regular fix every day. Every day. Where what is this girl? I don't know where she is. I lost track of her someplace down the line. I don't know what happened to her. I haven't seen her in five, six weeks, a couple of months. Listen, I got to loosen my tie, Captain. It's getting awfully warm in here. You don't mind if I loosen my tie. No? Well, i had thanks. But I, I, I was buying two, three, four caps a day. See, I had a good job. It was beginning to cost me $40, 50 60 a week to support the habit. It was too much. It was way too much. And it was getting so I couldn't get halfway through the day. Yeah, I imagine you couldn't. How many fired me, there I was with no money, owing everybody, not a chance in the world to get another job. And it kind of brought me to my senses. Did it? So I told myself, how are you going to kick the habit? You're going to kick it right now. Well, so I went home. You know what I did? What? And I went to the drawer and I got the work. You know, the needle and the cotton and everything. Well, mm-hmm. you know what I did with him? I broke him up and I threw him down the toilet. I said, Hal, that's all, boy. You're through. That's all. So I started to sweat it out. I stayed around the house. I didn't leave. And then I started to dry up. Just dry up. This cold turkey is awful. You know how sick I got? I told myself I was going to sweat it out. And I was sweating, too. I really was. Anyway, I, I had a bottle of whiskey there. I thought maybe that would help, you know, get me over the hump, so I soaked it down. And I soaked it down. Anyway, I got I got stinking past that drunk. I just passed... Listen, is there a window open, Captain? There's an awful draft in here No, no window open. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just my imagination. I guess I'm just getting sick again. Anyway, I I flopped down to bed, and it was 11.30 in the morning before I woke up, and I I wasn't feeling too sick, so I said, Hal, maybe you're over the hump. Maybe you're there. Well, didn't you eat anything? No, I I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hungry at all. I just get into one chair, and I move to the next one, and I take my shoes off, and I put them back on, but I was going to sweat it out. I made up my mind I was going to sweat it out. But you didn't. No, I didn't. I, I shot up about 8.30 last night. Well, that was last night. What about today? Well, I didn't give up the idea of kicking the habit. I figured I'd make it because it cost me my last $6 for the three caps the night before. See, I didn't have a cent left. So... Anyway, I didn't care how sick I got. I really stuck it out. I really stuck it out about 8 o'clock. And then I thought I'd better go out and get some air. See, that's what I needed, some air. So I went down the street and I started walking and walking and it was getting worse all the time. It was just, It was just worse and worse. And I walked... By the way, my connection hangs out. I just walked by, see. I didn't even stop. You didn't have the money. Well, that's true, but I went right by him anyway, see. I was feeling terrible. It was real bad, and I walked down the street, and I saw this car. And, you know, it was in the backseat. There was a fur coat. And all kinds of things kept going through my head. Hal, get the coat, get the coat, put it in soap, get money for a fix. Well, you know, I walked around the block three times past that car, and the last time I stopped, and I was just about to open the door, see, and I stopped, and I said, Hal, what's the matter with you? You know what you're doing? This is what you said wouldn't happen to you. You're not going to be a thief like everybody else on the habit, so I just walked some more, and I thought, Hal, if you're in jail, it's cold turkey and there's no questions there. So you pulled the hook on the fire alarm? Yeah, that's right. I pulled the hook. To get in jail? Yes, sir, to get in jail. Well, Hal, that's the only thing you were right about. Together to wait arrival of detectives from the narcotic squad who would interrogate the boy in an attempt to learn his source of the drugs. At nine thirty, a car came by the precinct house and took me down to Eighty Sixth Street and York Avenue where one of the candidates for mayor in the forthcoming election was speaking to a rally. The crowd was neither large nor disorderly. After the rally broke up, I resumed patrol of the precinct. At eleven thirty, I returned to the precinct house. As the second car drove away, I walked up the worn front stoop into the muster room. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Klein. Hello, Captain. Sergeant? All right. 11. Yeah. Now, watch it, there, Captain. Huh? Ain't sweat. The mendicant squad just dumped six moochers in here. Were well, they picked up in this precinct? Yes, sir. Seems there was a migration from the barry. They came up in a lump. Oh, Captain. Yes? There's a young woman waiting for you. Oh? No? Where? She said she'd be right back. She asked if there was a phone here that she could use, and I told her there's no public phone in the precinct house. She'd have to go to the candy store down the block. Who is she? She's the sister of that boy who turned in the false alarm. Oh. How about him? Uh, what happened? He's back in the cells, Captain. A couple of men from the narcotics squad showed up and talked to him upstairs. Matt King came down with him. He said they're through with him to lock him up. And did she talk to her, brother? Yes, sir. When the detectives brought him downstairs, she talked to him for a while in the back room. Then she said she'd like to wait for you. See, so you didn't get me Lieutenant King on the phone, will you? Is he upstairs? Yes, Captain, I think so. Excuse me. Yes, sir. Step right up to bed. What can I do for you? I want you to send a policeman home with me, will you? Well, what's the trouble there? Well, I tell you, my landlady won't let me into my room. Why not? Well, she claims I'm two weeks behind on my rent. She said I'm locked out till I pay cars. up. Well, are you two Can't weeks behind? Well, it's not the point, is it? The point is, does she have a right to keep my clothes? Well, that's not our job to get your clothes back, mister. That's between you and the landlady. Sir, King's on his way downstairs, Captain. Oh, okay, well, thanks. send her off. Excuse me. Well, that's all right. I didn't mean to interrupt you, no. Well, can't you send somebody over there so you'll be at least reasonable? Well, I don't care about the room. I can get a million rooms that I want my thing. That's a civil action, Misty. You'll have to get out of summons on there and let the magistrate work it well, out. Oh, I owe her the rent, all right. Sir. that would count against me, wouldn't it? Oh, there's Lieutenant King, Captain. Okay, thanks. Well, the point is I don't have a clean shirt to wear to work tomorrow. Matt? Hello, Captain. How did you and the narcotics squad make out with that boy? Well, I came up town to talk to him. I had him in my office for nearly an hour. Not so good with him. No? No, sir. He wasn't carrying, didn't have a thing on him. While they were talking to him, I sent Novak and Howard over to have a look in his room. They couldn't find the works or any junk over there. Well, he told me he disposed of the works. Yes, I know. He wouldn't open up to us about his connection. But from what he told you about where he was walking, right by his connection, he said Yeah, that's right. And from where he saw the car and from where he pulled the fire hook. They've got a pretty good idea on just about the location this connection hangs out. They're checking around to see if they can spot him. Well, what about the boy, meanwhile? Well, there's no narcotics case against him, Captain. They thought the best thing to do was go ahead and charge him with a false alarm. Might get six months out of that. Couldn't do much better, even if they did have a case. Okay, Matt, thanks. We'll not out and get a sandwich. How about you, Captain? No, much obliged. I've got a whole folder of reports in there. Oh, that's his sister who just came back in. Yeah. They told me she wants to talk to me. Rygate, this is Captain Kennelly.
1: How do you do, Captain?
0: How are you? I'll be back a little later, Captain. Okay, man. See you then. They uh, said you wanted to talk to me, ma'am.
1: That's right. If you have a minute. In my office. Yes. All right. I I suppose you know it's about Hal.
0: Yes, I know. Mrs. uh, Rygate?
1: Yes, that's right. Mrs. John Rygate.
0: Do you want to have a seat there?
1: Yes, thanks.
0: How did you find out about this?
1: Well, I, I have a friend that lives in the same building as Hal, right across the hall, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. When the detectives came to look in his apartment before, my friend called me on the telephone. They told my friend that Hal was arrested. He was over here.
0: Where do you live, Mrs. Ligey?
1: In Hempstead. You know, Long Island?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my husband stayed with the children, and I took the car and drove on in. I I don't know what I could do, but I, I came anyway.
0: Did you know your brother was a narcotics addict?
1: No, I didn't. Not until tonight.
0: Didn't you know something was wrong?
1: Well, not exactly. We haven't seen him all summer. Not since the middle of June. He used to come out to the house every other week or so. He he likes the kids. He just adores them. Well, I I thought he was busy and didn't have time. You know how it is. How bad is it, Captain? You read about people getting cured. I I was just wondering what he can do. What I can do.
0: Anything can be done. It's up to him.
1: Yes, I know. Well, we don't have much money. My my husband has a small store out there. He, he's just getting started in business. We don't have too much, but anything I can do to help out, I'll, I'll be glad to. What about
0: your parents? Where do they
1: live? In Jersey. My father's dead. My mother remarried. He remarried a man with three young children. He couldn't go there. That would be impossible. I, I don't think she'd want him. I don't think she ever wanted him. Either of us. It's funny. He didn't want either of us, and now she's got three that aren't even her own. You were saying he could help himself. How can he do that?
0: Well, the public health law dealing with narcotics states that an admitted narcotic addict can have himself committed and subjected to treatment.
1: Oh, that would, that would be good, but where would he... Where would that be? In a hospital?
0: That's right, in the city hospital.
1: Oh, the hospital wouldn't be so bad. He's locked up back there now. He's never been in jail before in his life, never. The sergeant out there told me that his bail is $500. So $500 bail he can get out. What do you mean? You put up $500 or the city keeps the $500 or
0: what? He's just put up as surety that he'll appear for his trial.
1: Oh. I never knew exactly what it meant.
0: If he appears for the trial, the bond is released. But uh, I don't think he wants to be released on bail. That's why he pulled the fire alarm to get in jail.
1: That's what he told me, too. He wanted to get in jail where he'd be away from it. Well, he couldn't possibly get it. He said he didn't care what happened to him. He didn't care how sick he got.
0: Well, what did you want with me, Mrs. Roger? I just
1: wanted to find out what I could do. I, I just want to know what's best. What's best for Hal.
0: I think the best thing would be if he'd subject himself to treatment and help the detectives with what they want to know.
1: I know he wouldn't do that. I, I know he wouldn't. He, he told me that the people who sold him the dope were helping him out. That's all they were doing. They were helping him out when he was in
0: trouble. Yes, they help everybody out, especially themselves. The rest of the night was quiet in the precinct. At 7.45 a.m., the patrol wagon arrived to take the prisoners arrested during the night to court. Among them were two cat burglars and a parole violator who would be taken downtown to 100 Center Street to felony court. The six Boweryites arrested on their uptown mooching expedition and Halbrider were taken to Arrest part Midtown Magistrates Court, 153 East 57th Street. At 8 a.m., I turned out the platoon, signed the blotter, and left the precinct. I had breakfast, called Ellen's, told her I had to go to court and would be home late. I window shopped on Fifth Avenue and on 57th Street till five minutes to ten when I walked into the courtroom. There were fewer spectators than people inside the rail, police officers, attorneys, bondsmen. The prisoners were guarded in the barred room off to one side. As the jail docket is always called first, the assistant district attorney told me my case would be through early. The magistrate entered, and court was called to order. The first case was on a charge of assault from the 17th Precinct. The complaining witness had lost much of his enthusiasm overnight. I'll dismiss the charges for lack of evidence. Case dismissed. You can go. All right, order, please. Order, please. Harley Brighter to the bar. Harley Brighter. Yes, that's right. Right over this way. Is the arresting officer in court? Captain Kennelly? Is Captain Kennelly in court? Yes, I'm here. L.A. Bryder, you were charged with violation of Section 1424 of Penal Law. Are you represented by counsel, young man? Sir, I don't need a lawyer. I'm guilty, Your Honor. I uh, can't take your plea here. All I can do is set bail and bind you over to special sessions. Your Honor. Uh, Yes, Captain. This man is a narcotics addict. Mm. He admitted it to me. I think the district attorney would be willing to go along with a suspended sentence if he'd allow himself to be committed for treatment. Is that true, so young man? No, sir, I'm all right. I don't need treatment. I don't want it. Now, look, boy, get some sense, will you? Look, there's only one place to kick it. That's jail. That's where. If you think that's easy. I know it's not easy. You think I'm having an easy time now? I'm sick now. I'm sick all right. Uh, I can't I commit him, Captain. Not unless he makes a voluntary application. Yes, I know, Your Honor. I'm not going to volunteer. A bail-in charge is set at $500. Remand for special sessions. This way. All right, Step Just this way. through that door. Bernard J. Bechtel. Bernard J. Bechtel to the bar. As a result of his failure to make the $500 bond, Hal Bryder was taken to the tombs to wait his trial in Special Sessions Court on charges of turning in a false alarm. Before I left, I stopped in the detention pen to talk to him. He was convinced that the answer was to sweat it out in jail. Cold turkey, as he called it. Symptoms typical of the withdrawal from narcotics had overtaken him. His eyes were watery, his head hurt. He was alternately hot and cold. He was genuinely ill, but he was determined. I left the court building and got a subway for home, not due back on the job until 8 the following morning. When I got to the precinct house the next day, I signed the blotter and turned out the platoon for the day tour. There was a teletype communication addressed to all precinct division and borough commanders to report in the lineup room at police headquarters, 240 Center Street, at 10 o'clock that morning. The meeting concerned police assignments in connection with the registration of voters and the subsequent election of city officers. The meeting lasted until 12.15. On the way uptown, just as we were entering the 21st, a signal 32 came over the air. The address, 734 East 81st Street, ambulance responding. I told my operator to make the run. When we pulled into the block, I saw the two sectors' car, the sergeant's car, and the ESG car were on the job. All right, let's keep the sidewalk clear, Farrell. Have these people move on. All right, police officer. Coming through there. Police officer. All right, let me through there. Oh, hello, Captain. What have we got, Sergeant? DOA. Yeah? I was just going out to notify the medical examiner. What is it, natural causes? No, sir. Not homicide? No, sir. You know who he is? He's your friend, the false alarm kid. Where is it, Sergeant? Top of the stairs, Captain. I'll walk up with you. Lieutenant King is here. Oh? Is he? Yes. How did it happen? Lieutenant King says it looks like an overdose. There was a hypodermic needle and four or five empty tents around. How did he get out of jail? I thought he was going to sweat it out there. And my sister is here. She told me she went his bonds. Oh. Right in there, Captain in there she went down to visit him at the tomb yesterday afternoon she paid a bondsman twenty five dollars he got out last night in there hello man captain what's it look like Matt? an overdose yes sir it's pretty obvious where to make up for a little lost time he's lost plenty of time now hasn't he, he sure has did you find him man no, sir, but I was on my way over here. We got his connection during the night. I called out to the tomb as They told me the boy was released on bail. So I was on my way over to see if he'd help us make a stronger case against the shover. How was he found? His sister came to see him. She promised she would at noon. She knocked on the door. There wasn't any answer. Just got the super to open up. This is what they found. Mm-hmm. He wanted to kick the habit. Seems like the habit kicked him. All right, I'll go talk to her. You better notify the ME, Sergeant. Yes. Dry game.
1: It didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen at all.
0: He wanted to stay in jail. He wanted to sweat it out.
1: I couldn't stand to see him in jail. Not Hal. I just couldn't stand to see Hal in jail. I got a bondsman and I got him out. He didn't want to come out, he didn't want to leave. But I choked him into it my fault.
0: Oh, my fault. I know it. But if you got him out, why did you leave him alone last night?
1: He said he'd be all right. And I have my children and my husband. He said he'd be fine. He told me he was going to kick the habit. He said he'd never touch the stuff again.
0: He won't. He's kicked the habit. He's kicked it for good. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Klein. You what? Smell gas. Where is this? E-71? And what floor? You haven't found where it's coming from. That's right. Get the people out. See if you can locate where it's coming from. And so it goes. Around the clock, through the week, every day, every year. Featured in tonight's cast were Robert Reddick, Lawson Zerby, Jack Orson, Bill Smith, Raymond Edward Johnson, and Madeline Sherwood. Written and directed by Stanley Miss, produced for CBS Radio by John Ives. Gaylord Avery speaking.